podcast. This is your guest host, Dan O'Hara. Camera's over there. Great stuff. Um, We have a couple questions coming from... Uh, anonymous. Anonymous source. via Instagram, other forms of social media. Syed's behind the camera. Syed's behind the camera. Um, so a couple questions. First question is, if an athlete is struggling with an exercise, at what point would you regress it? Okay, so I'll jump in here. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to cue it first, see if they can <clears throat> see if they can fix it. Uh, so it should be something as simple, like we'll use like a like a knees collapsing in a squat. Um, if we can tell them to, you know, push their knees out or spread the floor or open their legs or anything like that to get them to do it correctly, then we'll just do that. Um, and then we just have to work on the skill of actually doing that more often, so we don't have to cue it every time, whether it be a strength issue. Um, like maybe through their glutes where they can't keep it open or just it's a technical issue that they need to kind of remind themselves about. But if I can't fix it pretty much immediately through cueing, then we'll regress and or change from, or change some kind of stimulus. So like, again, like we're using squats and then maybe we'll put like a mini band around their knees to give them something to actually think about and force out against. External um, rotating, yeah. But if they, can't, if they can't fix it within a few simple cues very quickly, then we'll we'll change and go to something that they can do well yeah and i I again again i think like one of the important aspects of that is identifying why the exercise isn't isn't being performed correctly or performed efficiently is it the weight's too heavy you know are they not reinforcing the important parts of the exercise stuff like that um and i think earlier is better um in terms of what point um, and even really any any exercise is good to address early and and make sure like they reinforce those good patterns. Like uh, for example, one of my lifters, Carson, is a very strong athlete, but kept hurting his back doing back accessories and stuff like that. So I had him send me a video of him doing barbell rows, and he was I think you remember this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kept hurting his back. Um, he, him doing barbell rows, and he was literally like doing 365, like yanking it off the ground like a penley row, and just this bad. So we started, we started doing um, tempo rows with literally like 95. Yeah, pounds. I literally asked you like, what the hell is this? Yeah, did temp- he start at 365? Well, well, I, I like would immediately say, I got this 365. Yeah, I, I would say like a, I would be like you know four by six, and he asked me like what the RP is. I like generally heavy but controlled, and then he's like, ah, oh, I don't know, my back hurts every deadlift day. Or my back hurts the next day. Well, send me a video, and he's he's like giving himself, you know, herniated discs <clears throat> each rep. Well, that's so, another question in itself. Is do you think for was he like a beginner lifter at this point? Or no, no, he's he's an advanced lifter. He's he's Wilkes above four fifty. So I mean, like he's qualified for the Arnold technically. Gotcha. Um, do you think using RP is good to use for a new movement? To like prescribe that for an accessory movement, um, it, you think people like? I think RP. I don't. Know, R, I think RP is trying not to get too far away from the question, but I think RP is is really dependent on the lifter. You right. Know, if you, if you have a lifter who has really good self control, right, um, and stuff like that, I think RP is be, like RP can be really good, mm-hmm. especially for like variation movements or or accessories and stuff like that. But if like you have a lifter who who 
constantly struggles with, you know, listening to the RPE and and overexerting. Feels like yeah, over <laughs> over exerting. Yeah. Uh, it's probably best to give him some percentages or numbers and stuff. Like well, that's because we always I always talk with Ryan about that. Is like, you know, what's the best way to give someone a new movement? Have them judge what weight to use because like you have no idea what someone's max fucking twelve rep barbell row is. But yeah. Uh, so your suggestion was like, if they hit eight reps at a certain weight, go up. If they if they hit uh, twelve and it's hard, go like say the same weight or go down. So like it's a it's a way of uh, regulation That's not. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, I just for a new movement, I just I would tell everyone to start light no matter what. Yeah, um, exactly. And make sure the movement's done well. And then what I'm looking for is like I want every I want the exercise that I'm giving someone uh, that they can do well, but it's still difficult. So what I mean by that is like like a push up for example. If you can do a set of ten on the ground with perfect form. <clears throat> Well, then that's probably too easy. So let's elevate your feet, make it a little bit harder. Or at a band, at a band, or vice versa. Like if they can't do that on the floor because maybe they're losing their uh, losing their core or they're uh, just not strong enough to the upper body to be able to do the full range of motion, we can elevate their hands and do something like that to make it a little bit easier. I want them to be able to to complete the movement as it should be done, but still struggle in those last couple reps of to be able to finish. Yeah. So you know, like. If you if you leave like a, a gap of say okay eight to ten reps and like let's start off light if you get ten well then it was too light let's go up yeah. like my goal is actually for him them to hit sets of eight with that but if they hit ten it gives them a built in way of like oh that was easy let me go up but again it goes back to it has to be done correctly like just because you did ten reps if it looks terrible did that help anything is that better than a lighter set with better form right yeah. And there's generally it's not a little. There's a little bit on both sides. Like it depends on the exercise, but you know there's a little like you know you have some leeway on form on things, especially for each person's form is going to be a little bit different. But you don't want to see just ugly form. Like yeah. if it looks like shit, it's probably shit. So yeah. like let's yeah. let's do something else. Also, if you like hurt yourself doing a curl or something like that, like that sucks. Like if you ruined your entire training cycle because you went too heavy on a stupid, like a not a stupid because curls are sick, but like if like something that like is not beneficial and just kind of ruins your your training, that's not ideal. I always err towards the I'd rather someone start light and I'm like oh that was really easy. You're like all right next week we'll add a set or next week we'll progress from that. There's always someone to progress rather than having some risk injury and go too heavy on something. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think a problem that comes with that though, is like accessories are super important, <laughs> and so like if you're creating an environment where you're always saying like you know take take it easy on these, you don't want to hurt yourself for the entire training site. So it kind of makes lifters get lazy, and that's just what I've experienced. So like if you, I think if you emphasize for a new movement, you know, controlled but but tough mm-hmm. is. Is the is what I usually put it as, especially if they're struggling with form. Right. Like you want to have, you want it to be crisp but heavy enough to where you know you finish your set and you're like, shit, that was hard. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. If you say yeah, the last few reps yeah. of the set should be challenging. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Don't I, die in the first two reps. Well, going back to like RP, like I am generally not a huge fan of using RP with people, but like I don't want an RP. I don't want your 
your assistance work to be at seven. <clears throat> exactly. I yeah, want yeah. your I want your RP for assistance work to be like a like a nine or a ten. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not a ten. Maybe nine and a half. <laughs> but like, it should be hard. Like, you right. sh- you should not be finishing and be like, oh, that was so easy. If it wasn't, you know, then you're not training hard enough for that. And right. It needs to be like because it's especially like I said, if we're talking about assistance movements. There's you should be able to recover faster from it. It's a smaller movement. You should be able to get more out of it. Um, if it's a supplemental movement, something a little bit bigger, like like if it's a safety squat bar, maybe that's a little bit different. But like I said, if you're doing like bench over rows, mm. it should be hard, but it should be hard done correctly. That's the struggle is like, I mean, I think most of our programming in general, we give a lot of accessory movements and we introduce a lot of new movements. So judging on when to tell them to push and like making sure they're doing correctly because we're not getting like if we're doing like an online client we're not getting videos of girls or like single leg RDL like the I think the challenge not the challenge but like I always emphasize to start light to get the movement down and then once they I know they have it down it's a push from there but that's that's my approach to start yeah alright next question um how do you develop rep schemes and sets based on a one rep max? Um, depends what we're looking to do. Um, you know, if we're 25 weeks out from a meet, we're not really worried about taking one rep maxes, so we're not doing one by one or five by one. We're doing probably five by five or three by eight, something like that. And then again, it still depends on what you're looking for. So if we're like really trying to be more on a hypertrophy block, really trying to build some muscle, then we're probably going to push 6 to 12 reps. Um, I say 6, I know a lot of people say more like 8 to 12, but you know, 6 for like the bigger movements. Um, squat bench, generally I don't write much more than like 5 or 6. Um, but we'll do more sets. Um, where for the assistance work, yeah, we can go a little bit higher, You know, maybe like 12 to 20. Um, as we get closer to meet, you know, pretty standard of like uh, dropping volume, upping intensity, but it, you know, there's a kind of a range, right? Like, I think some people, we were talking about this the other day where, like, why are certain rep schemes okay and other ones are weird? And I said, I see, like, a lot of DUP people, uh, like, will do, like, four by nine. If you give most people, like, a three by nine workout, they freak out. Like, nine? <laughs> what, gotta what, be why, why nine? Yeah. So, like, why is, like, one, two, three, five, six, eight, ten, twelve, those are okay. But if I write, a set of four or a set of seven or a set of nine or 11, people are like, yo, what's going on? Um, what's the difference between a set of four and five? It's not that big of a difference, so what's the problem? Um, just a way to progress or change things up a little bit. Um, so sometimes I'll, we'll do like a three by four one week and the next week it might be a three by five and like keep the weight, progress. Um, but again, it depends on the goal, where we are in the program. Like I said, if we're, if we're trying to build strength you know, six, ten weeks off from a meet, then we're not going to be doing a whole lot of sets of ten to twelve. Yeah. We're going to probably be in that, like, three to five range. Um, and as we get close to the meet, we're going to do more singles. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm not, I don't really care what your one or max squat is 25 weeks off from a meet. Like it's, I mean, if you can PR, I guess that's cool, but it doesn't matter at that point. Well, I, I guess we can, based off this, at what point would you change a... A max in training, like a, a would you set percentages differently if someone hit like at a like absurdly high PR? Like I, at what point would you change it? I don't anymore. Okay, you can go ahead. I mean that that really depends on the lifter. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we can use me as an example. 
you know, I've hit, I've hit like sets on squat of like five at like ninety percent, mm-hmm. but that doesn't really translate to a bigger one rep max. It just means I'm a better volume lifter mm-hmm. than 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 not. And so it, it really like that based on that question, it really depends on the lifter for me. And I don't know if you've experienced the same thing. Well, I I was thinking more of the way of like if you were hit a new one rep max in a training cycle. Oh, okay, I, okay, yeah. I um. I used to adjust. Yeah. So I'd say, like, if we were working off a 500 max and you came in and hit 520, I would be like, oh, okay, we're going to bump up to 520. Yeah. And then the next whatever amount of time is based on 520. Every time I've done that, something's gone bad. Yeah. Um, because you hit it that one day, maybe everything was on that day. Um, so what I've kind of gotten the mindset of, like, until you can do it <laughs> for two singles in the same day, uh, we're definitely not going to change anything. And even then, we still might not change it. Yeah. Um, and it's there's I don't see a problem like I said if if you hit a twenty pound PR we can still work off of that that old five hundred pound number and maybe everything's a little bit sub maximal but you're still getting the work in you're probably getting better work in instead of trying to push to that new right. max all the time um, you know once we get to the end of a training cycle so usually when you guys compete or if we do a mock meet because you don't have a meet lined up right now. Um, we'll reset after that. Yeah. But when we reset, now we're going back to like where the question is. Now we reset the numbers to the new PR, but we're dropping back in intensity and going back to like you know seventy percent for sets of six to eight or whatever. And, yeah. You know, yeah. So like, you know, even though the seventy percent for sets of six to eight might be fifteen pounds heavier than it was last cycle, you can do it because it's it's still only seventy percent. Yeah. Right. Where if is we, it really indicative? Right. To if like you hit a twenty pound PR change, today yeah. and I make your next tra- your your next training day twenty pounds heavier, that that might be rough. Well, that's what I think we're using some form of water regulation is like you know we've been using like if uh, you know take singles and if the single feels good at like 85% push in the last few or like I've been doing a lot of like even just like rep work like if the last few sets feels good go up on the last few triples just to like get some more uh, intensity right we've been doing a little like like a lot of what I've been doing if um, if any of our lifters are listening maybe this will make sense um, I have one basically like in the main work we have a day where the auto reg- regulation is prescribed by me, so like in the like everyone keeps asking about this ending sets kind of thing. Um, where I say, okay, if you get five reps, stop. Add depending on what the li- what the lift is and what lifter it is, five pounds, ten pounds, two and a half pounds, whatever it is. Yeah. So we start at depending on the week, maybe seventy percent. You hit that for five, that should be easy. Yeah. But now we add five pounds. Do it again. 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 Uh, one of our lifters the other day was like that that's gonna be pretty hard. I said I'm not expecting you to hit five every time. Yeah. If you do, you're gonna end up hitting five at eighty seven and a half percent of your max as the last set, which would be the possibility great, a great of great set. Yeah. Like I'd be really happy with that. That means like you clearly are getting stronger. Yeah. But that would be very difficult. Um, but if we as long as we get the volume in, but I'm forcing that auto regulation yeah, force, of like force if you get five you have to go up. There's no yeah. questions. You have to go up. Yeah. So because we have some lifters that would hit five and just stay there. Yeah. So no, like hit five, stop, add the weight. Um, so that's like forced auto regulation on yeah. my part. If you don't hit the reps, then you don't go up. Um, on the other days, like I said, like the heavier days, like I'll say to you, okay, like if if it feels good and you're moving it well, add some weight. Yeah. And that's more of the regulation on you because some lifters will be like, nope, I'm good. I'm going to hit these yeah. today. Or some will go up a little bit. Some will go up a lot. Yeah. Um, 
I'll use two different, very, two very different examples. Uh, Stephanie last night actually uh, pulled four hundred two. I told her on her before that I said, okay, you can you can either chip to three ninety three or go right to three ninety six if you want. Uh, knowing Stephanie, I knew she was she went to three ninety three, and then she pulled it easily enough that I was like, yep, you have to go to four hundred two. Um, where earlier in the day, Emily showed me a video for block pulls, and I said the same thing. Like, if it feels good, work up. I think I gave her a starting weight of, like, 255, mm-hmm. and she ended up hitting 405. Okay. it's aggressive. Um, but the 405 for the two, she did a 405 double off a four-inch block, and it, like, it looked easy. So I'm glad she went up aggressively because my 255 number was clearly not even close yeah. to what she was capable of. <laughs> um, Love that. <laughs> But that's a different, like, everyone's different. Like, someone might not have gone up. Someone else might have only gone to 275 yeah. and left a lot of weight in the bar. So that was her chance to auto-regulate herself, and she did a really good job of it. Um, Stephanie still did a good job of, like, you know, of saying to me, like, after the attempt before, she's like, I've got more. Yeah. She just was a little less aggressive, and that's fine. And then I made her go up more. Um, so there's a little bit of both. Um, I think that way that that you've been doing with us lately is the, the if you get, you know, five reps at five pounds is like a good way to teach someone how to auto-regulate because they can gauge, I mean, like what they actually can do rather than using like or being afraid of the weight or being the opposite and being like, fuck this weight and then getting crushed by it. Um, so it kind of like actually gives you a guideline to learn how to do that. So... It's kind of a good way to teach it. Thanks. Yeah. Props to you. Okay. Last question. <laughs> we don't transition well. No. We, uh, we'll put like a it's graphic. not having the couch. Hmm. It's just a little less comfortable. True. Our ability to go off on tangents. There it is. Unmatched. Yeah. How do you... I don't like that. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about training at competition weight versus training below or above your weight? Yes. This is a big question. This is a fun question. A lot of um, a, a lot of feelings are about to come out right, right now. So I'll just jump right in because this, okay. this drives me out of my mind. Um, if you're training underweight, that's fine. I have told everyone, Matt Piscatelli today. Matt, good day today. National yeah, record deadlift. You. Good job. Um, this is going to come a couple weeks out after yeah. thing. Today as in two weeks ago. <laughs> Yes. Great job. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Matt weighed in as a 93 kilo lifter. I think he said he weighed in at 91 kilos. So he had no worries about making weight, flew down to Texas, had some barbecue, ate food, had a great time, still weighed in, easily underweight, set the American uh, raw collegiate deadlift record at 672, right? Six, 672, just missed pulling 700, got a little forward and dropped, uh, had some up and down. But it was fine because he was – at weight the whole time, so we knew where what he was capable of at that weight. Mm-hmm. He made weight, he was able to eat. Um, but he doesn't need to fill out the class. Just because you're in the 93 doesn't mean you have to weigh 93. Yeah. Or if you're a 120, you don't have to weigh 120. Um, in the in the long run, will it help you lift more weight? Probably. But if you're not going to set huge records or win championships or something like that, like lift where you feel comfortable at. Right. Um, on the flip side, and this one drives me nuts, is that if you're lifting above your weight class <clears throat> in training, it depending on how far above you are, it can really set us up for failure. So if you're one percent over, that's not a big deal. You know, you, we can hit that weight pretty easily. But if you're four or five percent over your weight class, which is not uncommon, and you have to make a big cut, 
especially if you haven't cut before, how do you know how you're going to perform after that big cut? Um, how do you know how you're going to feel with just you know not having as much food, not being as big? Uh, maybe you're dehydrated because you had a water cut. Mm. Uh, and it's just another stressor. Uh, you want to be able to control as much as you can on, on the platform. And that's one thing that you can control is the way you're eating and drinking and, and, and um, taking care of yourself. And if you've been cutting for the last several weeks to try to make weight, that's tough. And I know some of our lifters are probably like, fuck you, Ryan, um, because I know some of us do it. But you're probably better off lifting as close to your class as possible. Yeah. Um, the seminar that I did a couple years ago with uh, Borashiko, he talked about that he said with his lifters at least because he has like he can control them more if they come in overweight he can go run until you make weight um, I know I'm not going to be able to do that to some of you guys I'm not going to tell coming to screw off and leave but, screw off is what I'm going to use yeah I was being nice there but um, if you're within a certain percent like I said if it's a couple percent off you can probably make weight and it's probably okay um, I think Shiko said about 2 to 3% yeah. is alright and that's but that's not a lot of weight you know, for a 93 guy that we're talking five to six pounds, and we'll use you right now. Like That's you're a perfect you're, example. You're 93. What do you weigh right now? Two ten, two oh nine. So you're like 95 right now. So you yeah. lose like two kilos in yeah. two weeks. Um, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, because I don't have to. You don't That's have to. Thing too. Right. You don't have to. Is but, if, but if that change is based on but you're if you're qualifying, going to. I'm probably going to. Um, but. But yeah, I think people take too much. Um, they get too worried about the weight class, and they have and they cut to the weight class to perform, and maybe they don't perform up to their standard because they did cut. Yeah. Um, and again, if you're setting records or winning championships, then cool. But and I think we've talked about this before on this. Like, I just I don't want to ha- see a lifter have to go in a caloric deficit and then do a water cut before a meet so they can make a certain weight. Yeah. And then underperform after having a great training cycle. Yeah. Um, and we saw that. Uh, we talked about this in one of the other when we went down to nationals. Uh, for USAPL Raw Nationals in October, we had several lifters that cut. And then you got someone like Raphael who just ate pizza every day. Mm-hmm. And Raphael had, still doing it right like, now, And he had the pizza. best meat of everyone. Like, yeah. he, like, all of his third attempts were so easy. It's like... Yeah. Like amazing. And the difference was he wasn't cutting. And we had a lot of lifters that were cutting for that. So... Yeah. I personally don't like it. I know it's going to happen, but if it, if it's going to happen, try to keep it in check where you don't have to do an aggressive water cut. Um, hopefully, you can just do um, a slight caloric cut. Adam, that just competed at Collegiate Nationals, Adam cut a few pounds going into the meet, but Adam, several weeks out, cut his calories back a little bit and made weight no problem. Yeah. Like, that was fine. Um, and it didn't affect his performance. But like I said, if you're cutting 5 6% of your body weight... That's rough. That's going to be a tough day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, touching on that, like, the big thing is, like, a lot of people don't realize that this is a hobby and you should enjoy it. And if you're if you're not a top-tier athlete, you know, competing, you know, for the podium or, you know, like a qualifying total in Wilkes doesn't really mean anything. Stop cutting. Yeah, there you go. Eat that. You know? Like, I, I think the first... I think the first day I signed up with Ryan, I told him I, I refused to cut. I, I used to cut 20 pounds for for fights, and it just I 
I he was a boxer, life. not just for fun. No, no, street, street, street fights. I used to. I also told him to eat a sandwich <laughs> and go off a weight class. He used to cut weight for street fights. <laughs> yeah, it weigh in where before. there were where, where there were no official. Where the streets fights. is tough. But yeah, I mean that's that's a big thing, especially like I, I take on. Um, I've. I have, you know, some experienced lifters and some less experienced lifters. And, like, with the less experienced lifters, like, the first thing I say is, you know, our first meet, I don't want you to worry about your weight. I want you to go in, have fun, hit the numbers we're supposed to hit, and then, you know, kind of develop your experience there. Because I think a lot of people see and, you know, I'm against social media and the terms of sense of, like, toxicity. A lot of people see, like, these high-level athletes going in, Starting the water cut, you know, four days out, cutting 18 pounds, you know, and, and winning a national championship. And they see that and they're like, this is what I got to do. This is it. And it's like, it's not because it's not enjoyable. The people around you don't enjoy it, you know. <laughs> and it's just ultimately it's not worth it, especially if you're, you know, wagering for, you know, 18th place in a weight class versus, you know, 17, 17th place pounds. in a weight class. It's like, it, one, is it is it worth the, the time and energy that you're going to put towards, you know, peeing 100 times a day? and Or would you rather just, like you said, like Raphael, enjoy, go in and have a killer meet, you know? like And that's, that's I think that's a big thing. I wish more newer lifters would, would, would take into account is that this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know, if, if you see yourself saying, oh, we got to meet in two weeks, it means I got to start eating 800 calories a day. Like, that's stop. Do die. not do that. You know, yeah. is the Wilkes points you're going to gain from losing weight, you know, going to be more than what you would hit if if you were at a higher weight? You know, and There's literally no benefit. We're not, no one's making money. No yeah, one is. Yeah. Yeah. Except for that sweet shredded six pack, you know. Yeah. Lift more weight. Lift yeah. more weight. Exactly. Get six packs. Um, I think I think that is all the questions we have for the training. Is there any other topics we should cover? Um, as far as you know, we're like thirty and, minutes. We can call yeah. it here, and we'll, yeah. we'll do more. We'll do Let's more podcasts. More. Come back for more. Twenty nine minutes and forty three seconds. It's perfect. Um, link in the description below to all of our accounts on. Instagram, Twitter, um, Brazzers, Brazzers, all the other, all the other sites that Do we are browser. affiliated yeah, we'll with. TeamGPT.com. TeamGPT.com. Yeah, it's got it. There. You're a coach on there. I'm a coach on there. Are we on iTunes now? We're on we iTunes. Get the podcast on iTunes. Get the podcast on iTunes. It took fucking Patreon, SoundCloud. What's the third one you used? We're not on Patreon. Patreon. No, it's not. It's like a page. We're on Audible if you want to read us. We're on SoundCloud, yeah. Are we really? Yeah. We're on SoundCloud, dude. That's nice. I mean, yeah, of course we're on SoundCloud. my rap name, Weed Cuisine. Oh. And that's where we ended. Thank you so much for listening. To send in questions, DM me on Instagram at Syed underscore likes underscore stuff. Follow the gym on Instagram at Team GPT. For more information about the gym, visit GleasonPerformance.com and join the team. For online coaching, go to TeamGPT.com.